Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Uh, this morning I want to bring a word to you that God has laid in my heart uh, over the past few, uh, probably few weeks or few days. I'm just looking at things that are happening in our generation, in our world. One of the things that has become common is that people are slowly, collectively embracing the idea that there is no absolute truth. They are saying truth is subjective. In other words, your truth is not my truth. And, uh, you know, what is true to you today might not be true tomorrow. But the word of God um, tells us that the word of God is established for eternity. So the word of God holds and the word of God is true. In as much as um, our generation wants to uh, push an agenda of no truth or an agenda of um, what is true and right to you is for you, but it's not the same for me. I just been challenged, I just been feeling this challenge, uh, the Lord really pressing that. It's time that us as believers, we really declare that there is a truth that is absolute for every person under the sun. It doesn't matter where you were born, where you grew up. It doesn't matter what you have encountered. There are certain truths that hold, and those truths are found in the word of God. From Genesis to the end, God brings his heart to us, and there are some uh, things that are absolute, particularly when it comes to the truth. Praise the Lord. The word of God says, um, talking of Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. And that is a truth that is universal. You go to Africa, it stands. You go to Asia, it stands. You go to Europe, it stands. So today people are walking up and about, seeking for the truth. People are desperate. You hear people saying, I am seeking for the truth. And the truth is never found until you meet with Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So this morning, I just want to uh, bring a word. I'm going to put this on here. I'm just uh, going to open and we are going to share from a conversation that happened between Jesus and his disciples. This is a very common scripture that um, I have heard several people share, but it continues to minister to me every time I come across it and every time anybody shares from it. We are going to read from Matthew chapter 16. We will be reading from verse 13 all the way to verse 20. Matthew chapter 16, we'll be reading from verse 13 all the way to verse 20. I'm going to read from here just because my eyes struggle. Praise God. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 20, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do, men say I, who, do, um, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say you are John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
Uh, we've got the next verses coming. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus, the Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was talking about... Um, how people are resisting the truth. The scripture that, the message that I want uh, to bring this morning is really centered on the question that Jesus posed. He said, who do people say I am? And then the disciples answered and told Jesus what everyone else is saying. What they are saying in their churches, what they are saying in the streets, what they are saying Jesus is on the market. And then Jesus went back and said, I hear what everyone else is saying, but who do you say I am? I want us to be thinking, Jesus has been uh, walking with his disciples for a while. And one of the things that, um, that we do when you meet someone for the first time is you tell them your name. You introduce yourself to them. So I'd like to assume that they have been walking with Jesus so they knew who he was. But at this point, Jesus turned to them and asked them. The start of the scripture said, uh, then Jesus entered Caesarea Philippi. And at the cost of Caesarea Philippi, Jesus stops. And he turned to his disciples and decided at that point to establish his identity. He wanted to make sure that the disciples don't just know him by name but they understand who he is. They understand his identity. Um, one thing that I want us to bear in mind, just a quick background. Caesarea Philippi is a place that was known uh, in that time for idol worship. All the filthy things, immoral things were known there. The towns, um, the, the whole area had, um, was scattered with uh, symbols and, and things that represent pagan worship. That represent, there were shrines and things that they offered to their gods. So when you enter into that city, you are confronted with evil. You are confronted with gods with a small g. You are confronted with, um, with the gods that the people are worshipping. And those people, and, and one thing that we know, the word of God um, says from Deuteronomy, the word of God tells how God uh, finds idol worship uh, detestable, detestable, is it detest detestable or detestable, whatever that is. But God hates idol, God, God hates idols. And he says you should not have any other gods except me. Now Jesus is walking with his disciples. He gets to the, to the, to the coast, some, some uh, version says, as he arrived at the coast of Caesarea Philippi, just stepping into his tops. He turns to his disciples and he asks them. And one thing that starts to come to my heart is Jesus was saying, we are standing on the coast of this city. 
They are gods who are worshipped in this city. They are idols that are worshipped in this city. There is evil that is celebrated in this city. And the only way my disciples will be able to thrive in this environment is that we have to clarify the identity of Christ. So he is, to, he is saying to his disciples, they are going to be walking into Caesarea Philippi. They are going to be sharing the gospel in Caesarea Philippi. But here is the problem. Unless they have a clarity on who Christ is, they will be confused left, right, and center when they get into a place like Caesarea Philippi. When I was just looking through on the history of um, the pagan worship that happened in Philippi, I started to see similarities with our times. I started to see similarities with things that are happening in our time. And it is for that reason why I was talking about how our generation is starting to push away the truth. Because there are other things that are being pulled in. You know, when you take Jesus out, they, we are saying our cities, our towns, Jesus is being driven out of key places. Those places are not staying empty. They are being occupied by something else. So when Jesus and the Spirit of God is pushed out, there is something else that is coming. So as we start to, to look even in our generation, not only in this nation, but even across the world, there's been an increase. I don't know how it was in the past, but even in some towns and some countries that used to worship God, we have started to see that they are being replaced by other forms of worship. Things like... Uh, you know, occult things. We see a rise in uh, uh, spiritism. We see a rise in all kinds of things. There is modern day idol worship that is on the rise. We might not see somebody building um, an, a, a cow or a bull to worship, but people are picking on other things that they are worshiping, that they are giving their allegiance other than Christ Jesus. And for that reason, this question becomes key in our generation and in our time, to say, who do you say Jesus Christ is? Jesus is saying uh, for us as his uh, people, his believers, uh, to stand in the truth in these times uh, when people are pushing away the truth of Jesus, uh, when the power of Christ uh, is being uh, sidelined uh, and people bringing other things to worship, uh, there is a paramount uh, 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 there's a, there's a, a, the, it is key that we have a full understanding of who Christ Jesus is. This is a question for those who have walked with Christ all their lives. For those who have not uh, encountered Christ. For those who have walked with Christ even for shorter periods of time. It's a question that we need to keep asking ourselves. Who do I say Christ Jesus is? Because unless we constantly answer that question and stand on the truth of who Jesus is, we can be deceived so easily. And these times, one of the things that we see... Uh, there, is, uh, there is all kinds of uh, religions uh, that are coming up and the people want to bring everything in the same bowl and mix Christ with everything else uh, and try to bring him down. When we see at the scripture that we read, uh, it says, uh, who do people say I am? And they say, some say you are John the Baptist. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are Jeremiah. And some say you are one of the prophets. What were they saying? They are saying you are just like one of everyone else. 
You are one of those who preach. You are probably one of those uh, great uh, people of wisdom. You are probably one of those people who have done great works, uh, uh, great works of charity or good things. You are just one of those good men. That is what the disciples say. And Jesus stops and says, this is the, that is the reason why he was asking. Because when we are living in times when there is, um, there is so many things that people look to, sometimes somebody say, I am, I, I believe in Jesus. But at the same time, they take a little bit from uh, spiritism, a little bit from the occult, a little bit from there, something to give them comfort for here and now. And so Jesus says to his disciples, before these people may be able to declare the, uh, the gospel with power in Caesarea Philippi, a place that is full of idol worship, they need to be clear with my identity. Praise the Lord. And that is the same question to us. You see, the people that we uh, come across with, the people that we interact with, uh, places where we work, uh, they are things that happen. They are things that people worship. They are things that people pay their allegiance to. But as for us to be able to be true representatives of Christ Jesus, we need to be clear and to be able to articulate who do we say Christ Jesus is. Praise God. The word of God from start to finish, it points us to Jesus. Right from Genesis, you see at the fall of men, the first thing when, when God declared, um, uh, when God declared over Adam and Eve, their punishment after they had fallen. They, he, he released that, but he stops and uh, he talks to the snake and say, you know, there will be enemies between the snake and the woman. But right there, there is a prophecy of Christ. Because then he says, uh, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. We start to see Christ coming into, into the scene. When we move to Exodus, we, we see the deliverance of the people uh, and we hear about the lamp and the blood that was put on the doorpost. We are seeing Christ. We can move all the way to the end. We see that Christ is central and it, it everything rises and falls on Christ Jesus. And the question that um, we are posing this morning is who do we say Christ Jesus is? When you look at how you live your life, how you manage and conduct your life, who is Jesus? Uh, who is Jesus Christ to you? Praise the Lord. Now when we look at this conversation, they say that you are probably one of the prophets. Let's stop there for a little while. Uh, there were prophets those days, probably uh, her guys were some of the prophets, Micah were some of the prophets. And so for them, they were saying, oh, he's one of all these guys who are just the same. Yet the word of God tells us in John that even when Jesus came on the scene, they said he, the Bible says in John chapter 1, he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. So we continue to see that trend where people are seeking for the truth. But when the truth is presented before them, they reject that truth. So John says in John chapter 1, he says the light, it, it, Jesus was the light that was shining in the darkness. But darkness could not comprehend that light. So they rejected Christ Jesus. He came among them. But his own could not receive him. 
Praise God. Could this be the reason why Jesus wants this question to be a generational question? Who do you say Christ Jesus is? In your search for the truth, in your search for, uh, for, for confidence, in your search for, uh, for, for your destiny and where God is taking you, in your search for peace, in your search for wholeness and joy, who do you say Christ Jesus is? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we moving together, people of God? And so now, this is the, this is the question I want us to be meditating on, even as I, was, as I move with this word. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ. We are called to preach the gospel. Apostle Paul says our preaching of the gospel was not in mere words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of power. In other words, as people of Christ, as believers, God has called us to represent Christ and preach the gospel. Not only as we share it with our mouths, while it starts probably by us declaring it in the same way that I'm doing right now, but he calls us to walk in the power of the spirit, that wherever we are, that we ooze with the power in the presence of God. That even before we open our mouths, even in times when people are rejecting the truth, there is a manifestation of God's power that becomes inevitable, that becomes uh, unrejectable because there is God at work. The problem sometimes that we are having even as believers is that sometimes we, we have held Christ as, uh, a, and his word to just as Christ and his word and the sharing of the gospel. We just share who Christ is and, and what he has done and he died for us. That is good. That is the starting point. But in this time, where people reject God, where there is so many other people that are being put in the same bowl to say, okay, Jesus might be one of those and one of that religious leader and one of those. There is only one thing that makes Christ rise up to the top is when we move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ is the only one who died and resurrected. He is the only one who declares that, you know, we, we, who sends his disciples and say, lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. He say, let those who are bound by evil spirits be set free. It's only Christ. So God calls us in this time where truth is being resisted. When people are saying there is too much information out there, there are so many philosophies that people are bringing up to help their lives, to feel peace, to feel joy. But Christ stands out when his believers move in the power of of the Holy Spirit. God is calling us to that place where the sharing of the gospel it ceases to be just an exchange of information. But the exchange of information is there to build faith and strengthen faith and we rise up and we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I just sense when Jesus is posing this question to us this morning. Who do you say I am? There is, there is far much more than the than Christ who taught in the synagogue. There is much more than Christ who walked with his disciples. 
disciples who preached from a border. There is a power that comes with walking with Christ Jesus. Praise God. When he called his disciples, he gave them power. He gave them authority. And that is the power and the authority that Christ is calling us to in this season. I have heard people talk about how churches are being closed. How churches are dwindling in numbers. And I felt the spirit of the Lord saying, we ought to rise up and get to that place. That Apostle Paul was talking about the other day when he said our preaching, he wrote the same words to the church at Corinth. He repeated it to the church at the, uh, the Th Thessalonica church. He said our preaching was not just mere words, but there was power. And he said they, you knew us, you saw us, and you knew Christ. They observed these people doing life. And they knew Christ. They heard them teach and they knew Christ. They saw them operating in power and authority and they saw Christ. And I just sense even us right here in Center Church. You know what I was going to say? When, when we were singing, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. There was angels flying up and about here. So I closed my eyes like I closed my eyes. I opened my eyes. And I saw it again. And in my heart, I thought, God, you are amazing. You know, sometimes God wants to confirm things. You know, you want to declare a word and God wants to show you that, yes, I am here. And so the presence of God was saturating this place at that point. And you know, when he says he is God, our healer, he challenges our hearts to open up to what he is doing and what he is saying. I wanted to move and come here to kind of join with them. But I felt a little bit like, no, I need to be disciplined. But there was an excitement in my heart. I closed my eyes and I opened. I said, there is something happening. You know, like God just, just open uh, your people's eyes that we see what he is doing. God wants to do something with Center Church. When he says, who do you say I am? Hear me, people of God. He is asking us as Center Church, who do you say I am? Because there is a greatness that God wants to unleash in this region and he's gonna start it from this place. This is a fountain of water where living waters gush from this place. But all that starts from us acknowledging who we say Christ Jesus is. There is a fresh move of God that God is releasing over this over this congregation. And in this in just this season, uh, Ruth preached the other day about mind the gap. That was coming back to me when I was saying, and I was there. And I was saying, do you know sometimes we will be saying we are in the waiting time. You know, we will get a pastor. We are in the waiting time. But God is at work right now while we are in this gap. There is something fresh that God is doing. God is touching people and lifting us to another level. He is calling us to relook and who we say Jesus Christ is. Praise God. Is he just a man of wisdom? Yes, he is a man of wisdom, but he is the son of the living God. He is our savior. He is 
our redeemer. No one can come to the Father except through him. It's when we are intimidated to speak that it's only Christ who opens the door to us coming face to face with the Father. Sometimes we are scared because of the notion that there is no absolute truth, but there is a certain absolute truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Christ Jesus. He is the door, he says. And he says, I am the gate. He says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the bread of life. I am talking about Christ who is beyond uh, words that we share. He is beyond the exchange of information. He is power. He is authority. He breaks chains of bondage and he does things that no man can comprehend. And in this season, the only way we can start to be influential in our in our in our places of influence even in this city is rising up to become a church that operates in the power and the authority of Christ the church in acts is full of miracles signs and wonders it is best because they had an understanding of who Christ Jesus is. And they were not intimidated by their environment. They rose up and they declared Christ as the Lord. And if we want to see, you know, I always say, one thing that I pray, I say, God help us. That our generation will not pass a baton that is contaminated to the, to the, to, to, to the generation that is coming. The Bible talks about how David saved his generation faithfully and slept with his fathers. And God is calling us to that place. When we look back, we want to say we saved faithfully in that town. We served faithfully in that city. Even the young ones who will come after us, the generations that will come after us, they will come in contact with a church that looks like the church of the, of the act. It is so easy sometimes. To just say, yeah, some say he is uh, John the Baptist. And they just people, and there's just, just that general consensus. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's a very good man. He preaches. He's very powerful. But Jesus saying, but who do you say I am? Because that is not me. I am the son of the living God. Praise the Lord. And now reading further on our scripture that we were, we were reading. After they have said, then Peter said, you are the Christ. Peter's answer. You are, Jesus answered, uh, it's the verse before, verse 16. Yeah, it says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And the next verse, please. And Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, uh, Simon by John, for flesh and blood he has not revealed this to you, but my father, who is in heaven. You are Christ, the son of the living God. And instantly Jesus said, uh-uh, this does not come from man. This is uh, uh, the father who has, uh, revealed this to, who has uh, revealed this to you. Praise God. Three quick things that I want to share right from, uh, from that scripture. Let me go where I am right here before I get too excited. Hallelujah. Uh, the three points I'm just, uh, I just want to quickly share just from there. 
is literally as a, a God is working with us, as God is lifting us as a church, as God is uh, breathing on us uh, as the church in Burgess Hill, who are to go out uh, and reach out with the power of God. But we are reaching out in a community and a society that is uh, constantly doing this to the gospel. And no one wants the truth. That's your truth. When you share, that's your truth. How do we share? How do we stand? How do we bring Christ to a, a, a community or a society that is already rejecting the truth and the notion of absolute truth? Number one, the first thing. We are the first ones who need to adopt the correct view of Christ. It starts with us. You can only give what you have. If you don't have, you can't give. So it starts with us adopting a true view of who Christ Jesus is. And I said earlier on, he is not one of the many. He is not, oh, John the Baptist. The funny thing is in that time, they knew John the Baptist. When we read the word, we hear when, when Jesus came, John the Baptist was showing people this is Jesus. And John the Baptist was preaching. But then people decided to say, ah, this one is John the Baptist. What is the idea? It's just to cast confusion. Because they knew and they were lying. It was like a false teaching. Because they knew John the Baptist. They had seen them together with Christ. But then they just choose to try and reduce Jesus and just say he is, uh, he is uh, John the Baptist. He is just like anybody else. But let me uh, submit to you, uh, people of God. He is the king of kings. The Lord of lords, our savior and our redeemer. Outside of him, we cannot come to the father. He is the one who forgives our sins. He is the one who connects us with the father, who gives us eternal life. That is Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. We can hear about other great leaders. We can hear about religious leaders from all over the world. But none of them died and rose. But Christ overcame death. The grave could not hold him and he came out victoriously. That is the Christ that we are talking about. And the challenge that God throws to us is us ourselves to adopt that understanding. Because it is very, it is very, um, oh, it is very possible to be a Christian because I've met some like that. But they still embrace and say, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. All the other things, you know, the other philosophies and the other thing. And actually doubt the word of God, but still say, you know, but Christianity is my overall uh, religion. But this is not about religion. This is about power in the Holy Ghost. This is about Christ, the giver of life. Praise the Lord. So let me just say, he is the bread of life for those who are hungry. He is the living waters to those who are thirsty. He is the good shepherd to those who are confused. He is our healer when we are sick. He is our peace when we are in trouble. And there is none else other than Christ Jesus. He declared, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, I am the gate and I am the door. And it's only him who is the gate and the door to the father. Let it start with us children of God. Who do we say Christ is? We have got to adopt the right approach. He is not just a piece of information, but he is God. He is power. 
and he dwells in us. And with us, he can still do miracles. Nothing has changed from the time of the apostles in the book of Acts. He is still the same God. Still the same Holy Spirit who was poured uh, at Pentecost. We still walk in the same. And God is calling us to relook and rearrange who we say Christ Jesus is. So that when we pass the baton to the generation that is coming, we are passing a, gen a, a, a baton of a Christ who is power, authority, who overcomes the world. The Bible says it's for this reason that Christ Jesus was made manifest so as to destroy the works of darkness. Wherever we, work, we walk around our nation, we see the, the works of darkness. There was a big function in the park next to our house yesterday. I walked and I sat in the, in the, in the park early evening. And I saw young people going up and down, up and down the way, you know, the way they presented themselves. I knew what they represented. And my heart was broken. And I was reminded, it is for this reason that the Son of Man was manifested, that he may destroy all the works of darkness. And the baton is in our hands as the church of God. Not to judge those who are outside, but to be the source of the power, the voice of Christ. It is in a time like this, when people are wandering from God, that Christ says the harvest is plentiful, but where are the harvesters? Where are the laborers? Where are those who are willing to move Move in the power of the Holy Spirit to be used by God in the miraculous, in the power, and in the demonstration of his power. So I said it starts with us acknowledging that Christ is beyond just the words, just the teaching. He is beyond that. He is God. He is power. The second thing is that we are to establish our lives on that truth. You see, it's one thing. To say, I believe in Christ and he is power and he is God. But establishing your life on that truth is another level. That when people see how you deal with challenges, how you deal with pain, how you deal with uh, a betrayal, how you deal with all the complications that life brings. When they look at you, they wonder, how does he do it? How does she do it? And then they will acknowledge that there must be something about this person that we don't know. And when they say to you, huh, with all this that is going on in your life, how are you managing? And then you will be able to say, I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When our lives are built and established on this very truth that Christ is the son of the living God. And our lives and our families and everything about us start to reflect that. Even our neighbors, they want that God. Even our friends, they want that God. Because you are smiling and you are happy. But things around you look like you must be, you know, getting depressed by now. And they are like, how are you doing it? There is God in heaven. I have got Christ holding me firm and in place. Yes, I don't like what's going on. Yes, this is challenging and this is painful. But I feel some power and some strength that is not mine, but it is from Christ Jesus. So he calls us, this is number two, to establish our own lives on this very truth. Because just us building our lives on that truth becomes a message in itself. Before we even open our mouths to speak, people will come and ask, and then they will get the answer. 
an opportunity to share the gospel. Praise the Lord. So building our lives on that truth because Christ is the foundation. Whatever is built on sand, when the storm hits, it will, it will be taken away by the storm. But whatever is built on the rock, Christ Jesus, whatever comes will come and shake and shake, but you remain standing because you are built upon the good foundation, the firm foundation. And the psalmist asks in Psalm 11, uh, and it's verse 3, he says, uh, if, the foundations be if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? In other words, it's a question like, ah, if you play around with the foundation, how is your life going to stand? If the foundation is tempered with, how are you able to deal with all the complex things that life's, life brings and throws at us? But we know that Christ is the firm foundation. And we build our life on that foundation. Whatever comes, find me standing on the right foundation. And I will continue to stand. Praise the Lord. And I just sense the Lord releasing the same to us. I don't know uh, whatever could be uh, happening. You know, sometimes we come. We are burdened. We are broken. We, sometimes you have no idea from here what is the next thing to try. But let me say to you, people of God, when we are standing on the foundation called Jesus, he becomes your strength. He becomes the source of your peace and your joy. And nothing will be able to break you. Nothing will be able to sway you because you are on the right foundation. And that foundation is the truth, Christ Jesus. The word of God actually uh, talking into the church of Ephesus. This is what Paul says. He says to the church of Ephesus, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers in the heavenly places. In other words, they are things from the pit of hell that the devil releases to confuse and to cause chaos among even those who believe in God. But he tells them there is a way. Put on the full armor of God. And one of the pieces of armor, he says, the truth. The truth is the piece of armor. He says, put on the belt of truth. For those who know about, uh, you know, like Apostle Paul, when he talks about the full armor, he takes the image of how the uh, Roman soldiers used to, to, to dress. And one of the things, they had all those big robes and stuff. The, the belt is the one that held everything together. So there is this big that and that, but for those pieces not to fall uh, apart, the belt is what was put around the West to hold things together. And let me say to you, Jesus is the truth, and he is the one who holds everything together. When your life looks like it's falling apart, Christ Jesus is the truth who holds things together. The word of God tells us the same even in Colossians, that it is in Christ that all things consist or all things are held together. So that is number two. Build your, let's build our life. I'm not telling just to you. I'm not preaching to you. I'm speaking to me as well. That number one, I say let's adopt. Let's adopt, uh, let's adopt the, right, the, the, the correct definition of who Christ is. The correct understanding of who Christ is. Number two, I said, let's build our lives. Let's build our lives on that truth that Christ is the foundation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. And the third thing, the third thing is um, let us walk. You see, 
In verse 18, he says, upon this rock, upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this understanding, this revelation, Peter, that you have just said, that you are Christ, upon that revelation, that rock, I will build my church. And that is where our lives are built as well. And the third thing is that walk fearlessly in authority. I want us to read the last uh, section of the scripture so that I bring this. Yes. So Jesus, when Peter, when Peter answered and says, uh, Jesus is uh, the Christ, this is the answer. He said, uh, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, by John, because uh, for flesh and blood, he has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. When we build our lives on this truth, on this rock, this is God's promise. Whatever the enemy does, whatever the enemy releases, will not be able to flourish, will not be able to break us, will not be able to sway us. And verse 19 says, and I will give you the kings of the, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, it is also bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, it's also loosed in heaven. To me, that talks of authority. He says, I'll give you the keys. So the third thing I say, receive the keys. When your life is built on Christ, receive the keys and walk in the authority. He says, I give you the keys. And whatever you shall bind here, even in heaven, it has been agreed and bound. In other words, we, are, we were given that authority when we are built on the right rock, on the right identity of Christ Jesus. He gives us that authority. And he says, um, on, on that last part, you will bind things and they will be bound. You will lose things and they will be loosed. And so number three, we ought to walk in that authority. And that authority lies in our mouths. God has put his, he's given us his word. We have his word. We know what he says. We know what he promises. We know what he can do. And our part is to walk in that authority and declare in the name of Jesus. When we open our mouths and speak, things will happen because we are speaking, not in our own authority, but because we were given the keys and we were told, you will declare and it, and it, will, be, it will be done. Praise the Lord. You know, this afternoon, I just feel that challenge. I don't know what is uh, going on in our lives. The challenges that we are facing, the things that we are wondering, uh, God, what are you doing with this thing? Uh, I sense the Lord saying, uh, I have given you the authority. I have given you the keys. I've given you the power. Open your mouth and start to declare. Elsewhere in the scripture, the Bible says, uh, you shall declare a thing uh, and it shall be established. You know, one of the most powerful way to pray is to speak and to release the word of God. Because when we declare the word of God, things shift. When we speak to the, to the mountain, it shall be moved. Because that is what he says. God is calling us to that place of authority. We ought to understand the true identity, who Christ is. 
And then we build our lives on that rock. And then we walk in that power and that authority that he has given us. And I know and I am confident in this God that we will see God do fresh and new things among us right here in this congregation. We will see God doing things. We will see people being loosed, healed, delivered just in this place because God has not changed. He is the same. And God is calling us center church. Who is uh, in agreement with what God is saying? He is saying, uh, who do you say I am? Because I am still the I am. The rock of ages. The rock that gushed the water when they were thirsty in the wilderness. And they drank from that rock. He is still the same one who, 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 whom the apostles preached and they walked in power. He is the same. And God is just persuading our hearts this morning. Will we give him another one more time to say, do you know what, God? I might have gone through things that I had started to doubt you. I had started to doubt your ability and your power. But just uh, uh, at this time, I acknowledge you as the Christ, son of the living God. The one who, 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 who is, uh, uh, the one who is uh, mighty in battle. And just say, God, our hearts are open one more time. Our hearts, God is persuading our hearts as center church to say, I want to use you. You are the place where I want to start something fresh in this region. But will you, will you just allow God one more time? God, sometimes it looks like you have let me down in the past. But one more time, just give our hearts to God. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.